Hi, this is Savio. I've been seeking answers to some of life's most perplexing questions my entire life. In 2014, I was diagnosed with stage 3 cancer. And ever since, I realized my calling existed outside of what I knew to be familiar. This podcast is home for survivors like myself and those who yearn to build resilience in their mindset and live their best life. In Season 3, the show includes a mix of coaching sessions followed by interviews with those from all walks of life who have been successful in the wellness, business, media, and travel industries. The intent is to show the human experience in its rawest form so that others may glean insight. Nothing is rehearsed. As a board-certified wellness coach, number one best-selling author, and syndicated columnist, my job is to ask the deep questions of those trying to make sense of their place in this fractured world. I believe life speaks to us in different ways. Many of us listen, but don't know how or where to begin. As someone who has crossed the bridge between life and death, I say simply, begin where you are now and get busy living. If you liked today's episode, I would appreciate it if you could share it. Be sure to tag me at The Human Resolve so I can reciprocate in kind. So without further ado, welcome to The Human Resolve Podcast. Today's podcast guest on resilience is entrepreneur and co-founder of Recoup Beverage Incorporated, Siwat Sensino. As Siwat states, it was this mindset that you should be able to kind of go out into the world and try a bunch of different things. But once you find something that you truly love, focus 100% of your attention onto that. Because I think if you want to excel in any industry, it's an uphill battle and it's a climb. And grit, I think, is something that is probably one of the most important things. See, my name is Siwat Sentineau. I am the co-founder of Recoup Beverage. Recoup is a ginger-powered health and hydration beverage. Every bottle of Recoup has two teaspoons of ginger, which has been known to help with muscle soreness, aches and pains, uh, nausea, vomiting, boost immunity, and um, a ton of amazing things that ginger has been known to do. We use two teaspoons of ginger in every bottle of Recoup, and that's the same that's been used in medical studies to help with various um, various things such as nausea and vomiting. Uh, let's see, what else? I was I was born and raised in New York City. I grew up in New Jersey. Uh, I spent most of my time in on the Northeast, New Jersey and uh, New York City. I've lived in New York now for, gosh, I think 20 years. So I think it's safe to say I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> Wonderful. So see what you and I connected because you were so kind in contributing to my interview series with Authority Magazine, Rising Through Resilience, How to Be Resilient During Turbulent Times. And what I found really most uh, intriguing and also what I really had a great affinity towards is this idea of learning to be comfortable in the unknown. Can you expound a little bit on that? Sure. Um, yeah, I think with age, I've learned to be more comfortable in the unknown. I've had various projects, entrepreneurial pursuits. Um, and during when I was younger, I would always kind of have this strong desire to get these these answers that were so unknown or these problems that were unknown solved as soon as possible. Um, and if they weren't solved, it was really irritating and frustrating and you can call it impatient as well. Um, but over time, I think I've learned that not having all the answers is okay, as long as you, your colleagues and your team are working towards getting those answers um, and slowly picking away at figuring out how to solve those problems to get the answers that you need. Um, 
it may not come right away. Actually, it usually never comes right away. It usually is a result of other other teams working on or other colleagues working on things and slowly bits and pieces of information start to come together to give you that complete answer. Um, but that takes time and, uh, and also trust with your team and your colleagues that you're working on getting the right answers. Um, collaboration is probably the most important thing um, for that. And then as you start to plug through the problem um, and you get the answer, the unknown becomes known and you feel a lot more comfortable with what the answers that you have and the information that you have. So almost it's as if that, that unknown piece that was frustrating no longer becomes frustrating. You mentioned something very astounding to me. You're very candid about it too, that by the age of 12, you had 10 surgeries. What yes. toll did that take on you? Not only physically, but in other levels of your, of your life. Yeah. Um, so I spent the first three years of my life in a hospital. By the time I was 12, I had 10 major surgeries, one of them being open heart. Um, as a child, I think it was more of a physical toll, but I think the, I think the people that I always felt like had to endure the most, both physical and emotional were my parents. And I'm extremely grateful for them for having to, although I didn't have I know I didn't have a choice, but I had to put them through that. And it's always been a, something that's I've always, a weight I've always carried on me. Um, and I know my parents are amazing that they never really held me accountable for that because it was beyond their control and beyond my control. But um, growing up, as I started to feel more about my body, learn more about my body, um, you become very aware of how your body reacts to certain things when you start to not feel well, when you things, the signs or of your, the signs, I guess, that your body's telling you, hey, be careful. Um, you probably are not going to feel well in the next few days and things like that. Uh, you become very sensitive to those things. So I've always been very attuned to my body, um, but I've learned, learned to adapt with that. Um, and I think the most important thing is, is just being connected with your body and at least for me being connected and understanding there are certain telltale signs that your body will tell you and, and you learn from those types of things to, to be careful. Uh, but it's a process more than anything. Um, I think your body always has ways of telling you certain things and it's just a matter of you paying attention to them. Yeah. I, I know also, uh, as well, you mentioned this, having the clarity that you're looking out to the world and wondering how things can, can be better, that that fueled a desire for you in that. Yeah. Um, I've always looked as a child as, as the world is a playground. Um, and then growing up, that playground was more changed into uh, what can be done better, if that makes any sense. And then I've always had this desire if things can be done better, can I be the person to create those things to make people's lives better? Um, and I've always been like, I've always been drawn to something tangible that people can hold. I don't know if that's because as a child, I just like playing with toys and things like that. So my kind of my approach to the world of solving problems and having and making things simple, uh, simple or easier for people has always been something that they can use or hold. Um, so I always looked out to the world and said, 
if this can be done better or faster or easier or why is there why are people confused by certain things is it because something's missing um and what is that thing that's missing um and i continue to write those things in a book um and sometimes at least once or twice a week i'll go back into the book and see those problems and just see if i can figure out a solution and if those solutions have changed over time so be it um but i think it's a good way to just train your brain to look out into the world and say hey these are problems that i've identified um how can they be simplified made easier or is there a way to make it easier for people on a day-to-day -day basis um it's almost kind of like a a mental training that i like to do even with this origin story of how you started recoup this idea of power of the plants and being a supportive um, adjunct to someone's wellness journey. How have you found evidence of um, its positive benefits in people's lives? Yeah, um, well, I'm living proof of the positive benefits. My mom was the one who created various types of ginger beverages, ginger tonics, ginger teas while I was um, after surgeries and had me um, take them. So that helped with my recovery, specifically in the absorption and digestion component. Um, but going forward, when we originally started off, we were giving our beverage out to people who were experiencing nausea and vomiting from cancer, athletes who were experiencing delayed onset muscle soreness. And I ended up going after undergraduate school and graduating, I ended up going back to the hospital I worked in, um, working with kids with heart and lung disease. And that's where I combed through medical research and found medical research that said that two teaspoons of ginger has been known to help with delayed onset muscle soreness. It's been known to help with uh, post-operative nausea and vomiting from day surgery through anesthesia, uh, nausea and vomiting from chemotherapy. So I was just creating the beverage and giving it out to people who, close friends who were experiencing those types of things. Um, and as that happened, my friends would come back and say they enjoyed the beverage. Can they just buy it straight from us directly? So our market went from people who were not feeling well to just everybody. And we just continued to sell through friends of friends and word of mouth. Um, but yeah, I think with ginger, the research is out there and on the benefits. Um, and We've had a ton of people tell us that they use their, uh, they drink our beverage after workouts because they find it one, invigorating and energizing and two, that it helps with their workout recovery. So that's always exciting to hear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the article, I mentioned that we all are, are a byproduct of our mentors and advisors. Who have been some of your most notable ones in your life? Yeah, I would say I'm part of a Alma Modest Founders Group as well. And, um, they've been great but i will say that there have been numerous people that have helped me throughout my both my professional career journey as well as my entrepreneurial pursuits um but the one that stands out is the founders group that i'm a part of um and that's always been great we meet once a month uh and <clears throat> for a half an hour and we are able to kind of share any challenges any problems that we have um and are there any resources that our network can help each other? Um, but to be honest with you, my close friends back from elementary school have been great too. Yes, as a soundboard, um, not so much on the the pursuit of specific industries like the CPG world or food and beverage. Just overall, they've been a great support in just making sure that you have your eye on the on the target, 
Um, there are always going to be challenges. Uh, life's full of ups and downs, and they've just been a great soundboard. Um, sometimes they're they're great to provide support, and sometimes they provide harsh criticism, which is needed. So that's always nice. <laughs> yeah. So really, want to come back to the purpose of today's conversation. How do you define resilience? Yeah. Um, I define resilience as the, the ability to recover from a setback, uh, adapt to changes, uh, or keep going in the pursuit of adversity. That's kind of how I would define it. Yeah. You know, that you know, you mentioned that it coincides with this idea of grit, a growth mindset, perseverance, yeah. understanding of self and, and patience. You know, it seems like a very doable thing, but it's often very hard to put it into action. What have you found yeah. that sort of works in order to do that? Yeah, um, came across grit and uh, growth mindset through a friend's recommendation on the two books by Angela, one by Angela Duckworth, and then uh, Carol Dweck was this growth mindset. Um, and in grit, it was this mindset that you should be able to kind of go out into the world and try a bunch of different things. But once you find something um, really that you truly love, that you're happy doing and you're passionate about, focus 100% of your attention onto that. And um, this mindset of grit is usually, um, once you find that thing and you wanna pursue it, you'll have a lot of people that kind of go against the grain and tell you it's really hard, it's impossible. Um, but having grit is usually this mindset that like no matter how much adversity you, you encounter while you're pursuing this passion, you keep going. And um, even though the odds are stacked against you, because I think, if you want to excel in any industry, regardless of whether it's an athlete, whether it's the CPG world, regardless, if you want to be at that pinnacle point in that industry, it's an uphill battle and it's a climb. Um, and grit, I think, is something that is probably one of the most important things. As for a growth mindset, I think just having that mindset of, uh, okay, I didn't do well, but I can do better next time um is something that is sounds simple like you had mentioned um but a lot of I, i'm guilty of it too um a lot of people will, will take that approach okay i can do better next time but why didn't i do better this time right you look back into it and kind of say like well did i give it my all well i did give it my all but for some reason it didn't work out and and it's okay um just go back to it, reevaluate and understand what could have gone better or what you should have done better and then continue to pursue forward. I think that mindset is huge as opposed to what Carol Dweck says, having children take a math test and say like, oh, I'm just not good at math. And then the other student says, well, I didn't do well this time on this test, but doesn't mean I can't do well next time. I think that mindset, that differentiation is huge and that distinguishes. And I think you should have really the latter it didn't go right this time, but next time it'll probably be better than this. Or I can do better next time, or if I'm more prepared or however you want to approach it, the next time I have this opportunity, I won't mess it up or I, I can do better, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, those two, I think, um, through a friend's recommendation on those two concepts, and I think those are just fantastic. Um, perseverance is something I think we all can, we all have, and we all choose to devote time to it or not. Um, it's a matter of 
whether we want to or not. And I think that goes back to grit. Once you find it, it, what that one item or that one thing, or maybe a group of things that you really are passionate about, perseverance is extremely important. Um, and keep to continue to keep going at it, even though it's mundane, even though it can be bland at some points in time. And there's certain aspects of it that you may not necessarily like um, the mundane portion of it, the day to day that just is so boring, but you continue to persevere through it because all the other things or all the other processes that you enjoy. So um, a strong understanding of self, uh, that has come with age for me. Um, I think from uh, an understanding of myself from a more of a physiological component, I've, I've learned that at a very young age, but I just understanding my characteristics and, and understanding that there's certain things I should be able to uh, con control more. Um, be more patient is something I think I, I've learned over time. Um, and I think that has been the most important component, which goes to patience. Um, having a good understanding of self, I think just is comes with time and just taking time for yourself, if that makes any sense. And I think as I was, when I was younger, I didn't really necessarily take that time for myself. Um, you're always kind of moving forward without thinking, head down, focused on kind of your career. And uh, you're doing everything for everyone else, if that makes any sense. And that's probably because of your career, because you want to get to where you want to get in that three, five, seven year plan that you have. And it's really for everyone else and not so much for you. Uh, but I think there comes a point in time where you, you look back and you're kind of like, all right, well, did I, did I get to travel as much? Did I get to, did I get to go to this country and enjoy their food and, and just take time to take off my shoes and walk on the beach, enjoy the sand through my feet? Did I do all that? Um, and, and it's not to say that it's not too late. But at some point in time, people all should take that moment and just reflect on like, have I done things that I've always wanted to do? Um, and do I understand what the th what it is that, that I like to do and why, if that makes any sense? In the piece, I asked a very purposeful question about resilience and courage. If mm -hmm. you see them as one and the same or different, what is yeah. your view on that? Well, <clears throat> I... I define courage as doing something that frightens you or the ability to kind of endure, uh, endure something or, or pursue something that frightens you. And I think, um, I think we should all be able to at least attempt to do things that frighten us. It allows us to get a better understanding of ourself. Um, and it also allows us to kind of, once we accomplish those things that we're slightly afraid of, um, it, brings them down to reality and makes them human rather than I think this mindset in your mind that it's, it's a fear or it's something out there that you should be afraid of. Um, so I would say having courage is really important. Uh, I think it runs parallel with resilience. Um, we should all try and do things that we're slightly afraid of. Um, for the most part, uh, often. Um, but just, I also think that it, there's a thrill to it as well, to a certain extent. So um, it 
makes you live life a little bit more on the uh, adventurous, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you spoke so beautifully about persons who for you come to mind when you think of resilience and you spoke about your parents. Yeah. How has their life and what they've done um, yeah. influenced yours and allowed you to carry some of those um, teachings? Yeah, um, our parents are amazing. They've always been extremely supportive of everything I've done. Um, and as a child, they, they always forced me to kind of make sure I wasn't different from everyone else, even though I might've been slightly, um, slightly different growing up. But um, uh, from, my, from my father, I learned hard work, determination, um, even I would say resilience as well. Uh, my father has a ton of grit. Um, and just growing up, I, I saw that every day. Um, from my mom, I've learned kindness and empathy. Uh, she's an extremely understanding woman. Um, she loves hearing people's stories. And I think that's probably one of the things that I really enjoy um, from her. And I, I love hearing her tell stories. Um, so both of them have been just great role models for me. Um, again, they, they picked up uh, in their late 20s and decided to come to the US and start a new life. Um, and that in itself is just courageous and, and they've been able to have a family and stay in the US. So I think there's resilience in that. Um, and they continue to enjoy each other's company, which I think is amazing. Um, right now they're both retired and they're spending, when they can, they'll spend six months here and six months in Thailand, uh, escape the cold weather here in the Northeast. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. Another question I've asked about if someone ever said something was impossible and you mentioned literally was starting your company yeah. and people were saying it's the beverage industry. It's so jam packed with so many options. How'd you, yeah. how'd you navigate toward, uh, around that? Yeah, that is a great question. Um, we started, I started off um, creating the beverage in the apartment of my kitchen, we bought a juicer. Uh, and then I started to ask around, just um, asking people a little bit more and reaching out to other people in the industry, uh, reaching out to my alma mater. Um, and every time you reach out, everyone will tell you, oh my God, it's the most competitive industry ever. And to be honest with you, it is. Um, it is the most competitive industry. You go out there and you look at any type of supermarket or any type of convenience store or any type of store with beverages. You look out in the refrigerated section or even the shelf stable section, you, there's just so many choices. You're bombarded with so many different brands and, and varieties and, and it's, hard to choose. Um, I just continued because I felt like our mission and the product that we had was something that was unique, um, that I loved, uh, that was a reflection of my own personal growth. Uh, and again, this mindset that I have of I really would love to just provide something and make something that people can hold and enjoy and 
uh, if it can help people's lives, then I would be a happy person. Um, so that has been the core. Um, and then the mission that has evolved is where we lay our foundation down as a company, my co-founder and I, and we make decisions based on making sure that we follow our mission. And I think that is, those are the pillars that kind of continue, allow us to continue forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd be lying to you if I told you that every step during the process, there wasn't someone who said, this is impossible or good luck to you. Uh, let's see if you're still in business in a year. Um, uh, I've had co-packers tell us like, oh, okay, we'll produce your beverage, but you probably won't be in business next year. And kind of like, okay. Um, but we continue to, to, to be in business and we continue to move forward, which is exciting. So, yeah. Well, you know, you also spoke in the article about setbacks and how for an early age, because of your health problems, that set the tone for you to constantly persevere and strive. Um, what's the vision look like for you with uh, everything you want to achieve, given the fact that you came through such hardship in the beginning? Yeah. Um, I think everybody has innately has the mindset to continue to persevere. It's just a matter of whether you let fear or what I call outside noise get in the way. Um, I've, I've had this vision of my career path, again, to be something along the lines of being able to look out into the world and, and solve certain problems and build things to make uh, build tangible things for people to enjoy and make life easier. Um, I hope going forward, I can continue to do that um, within the beverage industry, within food and within other industries as well. We'll see how that goes. Um, I think as we get older, we look at opportunities different. Um, they present themselves in different ways. It's just a matter of how we look at them. Um, so hopefully recoup grows to a point where we uh, are able to help um, to get the beverage into hands of people and, and have them enjoy it, lots of people. Um, and we'll see where where we go from there. Um, and I would love to continue to build things uh, to help people and make life easier for people. So that's kind of always been my vision. Um, as long as I can continue to do that, um, I'll be very happy and fulfilled. Um, yeah. Great. So what are your five steps that someone can take to be more resilient? Yes. Um, the five steps. First, I, I'll tell you what I do. Uh, and, and I think that may be, that might be a platform for other people, but, um, I usually wake up every morning, um, I look in the mirror and I just say out loud the five things I'm grateful for. And that's how I start off my day. Um, I also kind of envision what is ahead of me, ahead in store for me for that day. Um, and again, if there is anything that is unknown, it usually is the first thing that pops to my mind, but I learn to be okay with that. And that's important. Um, if there are any challenges that are coming up for this day or this week, um, I usually just <clears throat> acknowledge them and 
have that mindset that we're working on the, a way to solve those problems. Um, I try and get out and walk as much as possible, get some fresh air. Um, and I meditate. That is something that has really been important to me. Um, either a midday, uh, I take about five, 10 minutes just to kind of clear my thoughts. Uh, if I can't do it in the middle of the day, I'll tend to do it in the early afternoon. Uh, the five or 10 minutes just to kind of, kind of reset. I think that's important. And then the last thing I like to do is I like to surround myself with people that I know as a check-in that can help push me kind of push me to reach my goals because sometimes you just end up getting caught in the day to day um, and things get thrown your way where you're just focusing on solving those issues. Um, and you're not really looking at kind of your long-term goals, your professional goals and things like that. So it's always nice to just check in with friends that can help kind of pull you back into kind of your bigger vision of where you want to be in your career, uh, your professional career. So those are the things that I tend to do. <clears throat> um, connecting with friends is always difficult. So it doesn't happen every day. It might be every other day or at least once or twice a week, but that is important because they're the ones that'll help steer you, kind of get you back on track if you're not necessarily on the right path for your long-term vision and goal. But yeah. 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 So I'd love to just transition just for a couple of minutes, what sure. I call brainstorming. And there mm -hmm. was a question I asked about who would you connect with or where would you see? And you mentioned one of my favorite thought leaders, authors, Simon Sinek, start with the yeah. why. And yeah, I think it's such a, once again, a simple idea. Well, what's my why? But it's really difficult because it forces you to think deeply about yourself. I'm just wondering, maybe you and I can just talk about a minute or two. How can someone ferret out their why? Yeah, um, I would say go out there and, and, and experience different things. Um, I've never been good at drawing or painting and, and I... I've taken painting classes before, just experience what it's like. So I think don't be afraid to do things that you're not good at. Um, and it's okay if you're not good at them. Uh, try those types of things, at least understand what they feel like. I think that's the most important thing. And I think it's safe to say that I spent most of my 20s and probably the early part of my 30s just trying different things. I started different companies and 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 grew them to a certain point. Some of them have completely failed. Some of them have grown to a certain point, just didn't hit critical mass, but I tried. Um, and in trying, I learned that those processes of creating things is really what I enjoy the most. It wasn't necessarily the product in itself. It was the process of creating them, getting hit with certain challenges and figuring out different ways to kind of overcome those challenges. That's what I enjoy the most. Um, I think that's important. I would say try different things, especially things that you're not necessarily good at. Um, and, and I also think when you're not good at them, at least you've experienced them and, and know what it's like. Um, that's, that's, I think, important. Yeah, I, I think what comes to mind for me is um, well, two things. One, I think you need to do market research on yourself. And the way to do that is to survey your friends and family. Just ask them qualities of what they see in and around you. And it's funny because a priest, when I was, I think like 14, um, 
14 or 15 just said to me like what do you want to do and i i was just like someone who was always into it my background is it yeah um and he said i remember him telling me because i was an altar boy and remember he's like that's not where you need to be you need to be talking to people around people and i thought it was just so weird and it's what he saw within me and i think sometimes people get clouded in what they see is too hard so if you survey your friends and family or just people close to you they could probably give you some insight into what you naturally do yeah so, it's just a thought i think there was an episode where simon sinek did the same thing where he said go oh, to your did? closest oh, friends yeah oh, I didn't know. Okay. and just ask them like what did it what is it that you like about me or how would you describe me as a person and uh he said the first the first few times when you reach out to your friends it's a little awkward but by the <laughs> third or fourth time they understand the seriousness behind the question and they're the ones that give you the best feedback and give you the best idea of how they see you and sometimes you as a person don't get to see those strengths and they it's your close friends that actually are the ones that bring those strengths out for you to you so that you become aware of them because most of the time you're not aware of them so yeah i think yeah. i think it's a great point Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Diwata. Really appreciate it. Before we go, where can yeah. my viewers and audience and listeners find out more about you and your work? Yeah. So you can find us on our website, which is uh, recoupwellness.com. You can follow us on Instagram, which is at recoupwellness. Um, and those are the two platforms. You can feel free to reach out to us. Um, and we're happy to answer any questions if you're interested in learning about more about our vision and our company. Well, thank you so much, Diwata. Really appreciate yeah. it. Have Thank you so day. much. Yeah, yep. take care. Sure. I really hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast episode of The Human Resolve. If you feel that others may enjoy this episode as well, please share socially at The Human Resolve. You can also visit my website, thehumanresolve.com, where I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions, a subscription to my weekly newsletter, where I probe into the secrets from living smarter to feeding your three brains and my author website, isurvivedcancer.co, where you can purchase my number one best-selling book, I Survived Cancer and Here's How I Did It. 35 cancer survivors share their journey and view the book trailer, including excerpts from the book. If you could also help me out and give me a review and rating on this podcast platform, because I do care what you have to say, I would really appreciate it. Now, get out there, my friends, and get busy living.